0: Hey guys, GBC podcast number seventy-one. I'm Courtney Wise.
1: I'm Shane Blankenship.
0: Can you believe we've done seventy-one?
1: It's kind of hard to believe. We've been at I mean, it for a
0: while. I know. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> that's,
1: that's right. <laughs> if we'd have done it once a week, we we would have uh, we we would have had this done in like less than two years. Uh, but here we are, a few we, years later, and we're we're knocking it out.
0: We both have three children, and I right. think the very first podcast, or at least the second one, was right after COVID.
1: Well, yeah, it had to be like right in there for sure, hundred percent. I,
0: I mean, I don't know about you, but I was shaking in my boots. They were like, you know, don't be around people. And I'm sitting next to Shane. I'm like, I hope he doesn't have we're it. Like within
1: breathing distance of each other.
0: Yeah, and you were like, you told the story about the plagues, and I'm not going to say it like you said it, but the the Christians like ran toward the people with the plagues, and uh-huh, I was like yeah. wanting to stay away. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I, I it, it's been very convicting and very very good for me to sit next to you for all these months, but, um, as we approach Sunday, I wanted to know what you were going to be talking
1: about. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah, because this Sunday is going to be my last Sunday in person for a little while. Um, and, um, I haven't really talked to actually anybody about this. So now I'm talking to whoever's listening all, all at one time, didn't even tell you before we started recording, but oh. that's been, um, like thinking about Sunday. Um, I had a moment where I like felt the pressure, like, oh my gosh, what do I, what do I share? What do I say? for the last message or whatever that I've got, you know, for, for, for the next little bit, for, for many months, you know, before I get back
0: anxiety. Um, totally,
1: and, um, and then I was, I, I don't know, I get to a point where I was like, all right, this is stupid. I shouldn't, like that shouldn't even be a factor. God, where do you want me to go?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good.
1: And then, so then I shift, and I stop trying to worry about. All right, well, what's this last message that I that I, that I need to, to give to the people um, <laughs> to the people um, before I leave? Because um, i again, you know, I'm, I'm you know I'm coming back. It's not uh, it's not uh, i transitioning going to another church or whatever. Right. I'm you know coming back. It's just going to be a, um, a mm-hmm. transition due to a military deployment. But um, and and I will be able to um, bring the message about every six or seven weeks or so. Um, it'll be a recorded message, but it'll be um, um, from the country that I'll be in at the time. And um, so I'm excited about like that aspect. but just as far as being in person, you know, um this is you know saying 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 goodbyes or see you later. so see you, see you in a few months kind of a thing um, to everyone and was feeling the weight of, all right, what do I share? And then um, after a couple of days of, of filling out, it's like, all right, you know what? This is not even, Like, that's not even what it's really about, even though that's part of the aspect of Sunday. Um, But God, where do you want me? Right. Um, And so then as I began to come through uh, the scripture, um, the Lord led me here. And, you know, lo and behold, as I get into it, I was like, oh, this thing's great. This this is a good this is a good word for Sunday.
0: Yeah. And isn't it just like us humans to get kind of like bogged down in the weeds? Oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. This has to be amazing. It has uh-huh. to be a mic drop moment. Uh-huh. And then we forget to ask God like what he wants. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. We I, you know, I think it's it's part of our nature or a lot of people's nature. I don't know if everyone's like this to get in the weeds, and then sometimes we just get in the wrong weeds. Mm-hmm. You know? Um maybe there's nothing wrong with being in the weeds as long as you're in the right weeds. (laughs) Are there right weeds? I think so. I want to be in flowers. Using, using, yeah, I guess using the weeds terminology, there's the, there's the, um, the actual weed (laughs) and then the actual plant. So yeah, for sure. Um, and the weeds are the things that get cut out, but yeah, but I mean the, the concept of it of like down, um, down on that ground level and in the middle of, um, in the middle of something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know I think that that's necessary, but at the same time, I think, man, you need to be doing the the right things um and working in the right gardens or whatever, you know, whatever the terminology is like if you're gonna be down in the weeds, it needs to be the right weeds, not mm-hmm. um not the distraction'cause oftentimes that's that's what happens right we get down in the weeds of something and we just get distracted mm-hmm. and we get focused or hyper focused on something that ultimately i mean It's not that it's not important. It just, it doesn't matter in comparison to what matters most.
0: Well, and whatever God has planned is just as powerful. It's more powerful than what, you know, your big mic drop moment would have been. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I I love it that you just stayed the course. And I actually think this does segue perfectly anyways, because it's it's a good word for all of us Mm -hmm. as as you transition.
1: Yeah. Shall I say it? Well and I think that's what that's one of the things that caught me by this passage. Um and this is a passage you know that I'm f- familiar with. I've I've taught this passage, I've preached this passage. Um and um and then leaning back into it um you, you know it, paying attention to some of the details of what's happening in the text
0: well you're because, really good at that because i you you sort of just told me a little bit about it and i would not have picked up what you picked up so i appreciate that well
1: and, and i think you know what i guess one of the things that i love about this detail is that i'm not like this detail i'm seeing in english i'm not going back to the greek or something and like okay. oh that's cool i noticed that you know or I, I wouldn't have known that had i not looked at looked in the the original language this is I mean, I'm just looking at the English uh, okay. translation and 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 seeing uh, the detail of it. Um, uh, and again, yeah, this is kind of where um, study comes into play, right? And walking through a passage and meditating on a passage and walking slowly through it. Because if you're just doing a reading, there's nothing wrong with doing, you know, just reading your Bible and reading through it, you know? Um, but if you're just doing a reading or a quick reading, um, you know, you may not pick up on certain things or God will just lead you to what you need to. But when you slow down and you... And in, in you, in you go verse by verse, and you read through it. There's a there's a way of studying the Bible. And I don't know if we've ever talked about this before or not. It's, it's something that I actually learned in seminary that's always been helpful. Um, not just in Bible study, but also in message preparation. And so if you take... Um, Acts chapter three, which is where I'm, I'm going to be this Sunday, just verse one. And mm-hmm. I'm not really focusing on anything on verse one. So I'll just, yeah, let me just use this an for example. example. So here's verse one. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. All right, that's verse one. That's all there is to it. All right, so in, in this this uh, method, if you will, that I learned in seminary, here's how that works. You emphasize one word at a time. So one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. All right, that's the verse again. So I emphasize one. one. It was one. One day. All right, now, switch it up. One day. One day. It happened in a day. It was a 24-hour. One day, Peter and John were going up. One. And then, you know, you, it, you do that all the way through it. One day, Peter. One day, Peter. And I, I would leave out and because it's just a conjunction word. But one day, Peter and John. They were going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I wanted to focus on that, I can talk about the concept of that they were going, that they weren't sitting still. To see yeah. how that works? Yeah. Um, or they were going up to the temple. Uh, the temple. What's the significance of the temple at the time? Time. What's the significance of time? At the time of prayer. What's the significance of prayer? Prayer. Um, at three in the afternoon, there is a significance to prayer and three in the afternoon, That's why they were going there, because that was one of the prayer times. Um, But, you know, Luke, who's writing Acts, like he's he's letting us know. It's not just that he's going up at a time of prayer, because there were morning prayer, afternoon prayer, and evening prayer. And the afternoon prayer, we happen to know for a fact that it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's what an afternoon prayer was in the time of Jesus.
0: Well, I am a bad little Christian, because I did not know that.
1: You didn't? Oh, the afternoon prayer time? No. Yeah, I mean, uh, but... It would make you a bad Christian because you're a Gentile Christian. You're not Jewish.
0: Yeah, but, I guess. But but that's it's what it's Jews would interesting um, though. Would do honestly. It's interesting. but anyways. That's okay.
1: that's that's the method that how like the study or whatever works. So now take that same concept and go into verse two. And here's where here's where I lean into it for the for the for the sake of the message. Okay. No, a man who was lame from birth was being carried, being, being. carried. Um, He hasn't been placed.
0: Right. He He hasn't
1: been put. He's being carried. Watch this. He's being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day. So he's not there yet. He's on the way. He's being carried to the place where he was being put to beg from those who are at the temple courts. So if you continue to read in that passage, um, while he's being carried to the place where he was put, he sees. Peter and John, who were going into the temple, that was verse one, right? Mm -hmm. He sees them, Mm -hmm. and like we don't know this from the text; I have no idea, so it's not even coming up in the message. Um, I'm not even mentioning it. But in my own personal mind, I'm -hmm. like, when he saw Peter and John, did he know who they were? Right. Have word gotten out about them? Like, or did he he just see them and do? And so he asked them. But the reason why I wonder if he knew who they were was because he asked them why he was being carried, why he was being carried he wasn't there yet like he wasn't down in his begging spot Mm -hmm. he wasn't in his place so he's on the way to the place i think he's close i think he's you know he's he's near the gate beautiful because he's seeing them about to go in and like it's almost like he hollers out and like hey peter john Sirs you know whatever it is that he says he gets their attention to ask for them for something Mm -hmm. and they don't just ignore him they actually give him attention and so you know you keep reading the text and now he's expecting to get something so anyways all that to say, I was making the point from the whole idea of being carried on his wet on their way um that it's a transitional moment like well, he's not he's not at his place mm-hmm. he's in transition to his place he's on the way
0: well I love I, I obviously I love transition and you know that I'm writing my book and when I talk about transitions, I call it the sticky middle mm-hmm. because it's like sometimes walking in you know gum or or was it called? quicksand or something like that, you feel like you're never going to get out of it or you Mm -hmm. feel like what's the point or you feel like um, frustrated or distracted or disappointed. So just... For anyone that transitioned, didn't do it for you, I say sticky middle.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, in, and, and that's it. You know, sometimes there really are sticky, and sometimes it's just the cat. Like, you know, there's transitions happening all the time. Yeah. You know, we ha- how many transitions happened before you even got here um, for us to get together and record this? Like, a lot of transitions happened this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're transiting down the road. Um, getting kids to wherever they need to go and, um, you know, getting to work or whatever stops you got to make. So all these, you know, places in between, Mm -hmm. those are the transition uh, moments. And I think maybe sometimes it's easy to forget that God is God in the transition and he is God of the transition and sometimes God orchestrates the transition. Um, And if he's not orchestrating it, he's definitely allowing it and um, is aware of it. He's not caught off guard. And the God who calls us to a place is also the God who sends us to the place, and all the transitional moments that happen in between. And so, I think it's easy to get excited sometimes when uh, we are trusting where God is sending us. Right? Yeah. We trust that God is sending. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we trust that hey, God's you know God's calling me here. He's sending me here. But but then we lose sight and don't trust Him in the storm. Because how many storms happen in the New Testament? How many storms happen through the Gospels Where you see storms and Jesus is sending them and they're fine with going, okay, let's go. And then they get in the storm and they're losing their minds. They freak
0: out. I would freak out. out. Yeah, I freak out every time. So the
1: one who sends them is also the one who is powerful enough to calm the storm and to get them through the storm. And, I mean, that happens on the lake, on the Sea of Galilee all the time, Right. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus puts them in a boat, sends them on their way. At the end, uh, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus sends, puts them in a boat, sends them um, on their way. Um, and I can't remember if it's the 5,000 or if it's the Sermon on the Mount um, of when they're going out and then that's when the big storm hits, appeared, um, you know. Even Peter, you know, experienced fisherman, is freaking out when he sees Jesus come walking on the water. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember right now off the top of my head because uh, I didn't well, me think through this or rehearse this before we started recording. But anyways, like the, but the storm is happening, right? Um, and Jesus sent them into it, and he's God. So he knew the storm was going to happen mm-hmm. before he ever put them in the boat and started sending them out. But he's he's just as much God when they get to their destination on the other side of the lake as he was when he sent them to go to the other side of the lake as he was during the storm. Like he, he's he's he got it in all of it. I think it's just easy for us sometimes to lose sight of that or think, like we get it in our head that we when we have this much, we'll be able to do this. Yeah. When we get here, we'll be able to go there. When we get this, we can do that. And we're we're, we're destination focused, you know? Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with having goals or, or moving towards something. But you cannot lose sight that maybe just maybe what you got in mind is not what God has in mind. And as you work towards the thing, God may do his thing in the middle of it.
0: And that's been,
1: yeah, that's been, that's been the truth for, 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 I think when I can look back and consider moments when God was moving powerfully, when God was working, um, it's in moments that I didn't plan. It's not when I got to where I was trying to go. Mm -hmm. It was, so many ways while I was on the way.
0: Well, it's the age-old saying of like finding the joy in the journey. And you know what it makes me think of, Mm. and I think you can totally relate to this being in the CrossFit world, is um, somebody's weight loss journey. Mm. You know, it's like, maybe they have 100 pounds to lose like a significant problem on their hands and then you see them lose mm-hmm. all this weight and it's just amazing and then they come and tell you that they've plateaued and as a crossfit coach you're like no no it's it's fine like we can see yeah you know from way up here what this looks like because we've coached people over the years that have had significant weight loss journeys yeah. but for them they're so focused on that one number on the scale because if they don't get to this next number then they've lost they're all lost. Yeah. all that um, success in, in weight losing weight or whatever. And so I guess what I think of is all the tools in between starting to lose the weight and ending the losing weight that they have received and can employ throughout their lives. And they're not even thinking Don't about think that. About they're just right. being like, I got to be 165 pounds. <laughs> right. I got to get to this part. And so, um, you know, I can always think in metaphors because that's easier for me. But the whole joy in the journey thing is what this reminds me of.
1: Mm-hmm yeah and i mean i think that's where life happens anyways yeah, yeah that's where the good stuff is yeah. is in the journey and it's in the moment um but again i think it's easy to get frustrated and distracted and beat down and you know just all the things that happen in life yeah Um, uh, because we're, we're not where we wanted to be or we're n- i'm not where i thought i would be at this point in my life or you know uh you know you're 50 years old and you're like, man, at 50, I thought, you know, I'd be getting ready for retirement and have all these things. Well, and I'm I feel like, I'm just starting over or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. so whatever the story is where people have these, you know, these expectations, which this comes up in the message too. Um, we have these expectations in our, in our mind. Um, and when, you know, it's one thing when someone doesn't meet your expectation that's a whole nother thing when you can't meet your own.
0: Yeah.
1: Like there's a different weight with that. And expectations comes up in the message because, um, when he speaks to Peter and John and Peter and John give them his attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it says that the man looked at them expecting, uh, to get something from them. Uh, cause Peter says, look at us. And so the man gave them his attention expecting to get something. That's verse five. Was um, he
0: expecting the money that he asked for? Do you think? I
1: think so. I think like, well, yeah. Um, he asked them for money, and then they're like, oh, well, they stopped to the talk. They didn't just walk by and ignore him.
0: Right, so he's like, okay.
1: Oh, yeah, so I'll I'm expect I'm, so And that's why, or um, well, I haven't gotten into this on this, but we were talking before the before we started recording um, that, um, you know, oftentimes um, I feel like God, God wants to do more than what we're asking. I-
0: I was just, you know, I, that was my next thing. I'm like, did God here do exceedingly abundantly more than this man could ever even hope and imagine? I guess so, because he's about
1: to, 10 yeah.
0: verses later, he's leaping.
1: Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> expecting to start walking, right? Um, he was expecting um, to get something from them, and something that he was expecting was money. Um, and that's, that's really
0: cool in and of itself, just that.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and so I talked about, or I'm talking about in the message that everybody's got expectations, and I've probably mentioned this in the 71 podcast before, but when I do premarital counseling, Pam and I often do the premarital counseling together with or the soon-to-be um, married couple, um, and I, I spend a whole session on expectations, because uh, I can almost guarantee you, um, I bet 95 98, 99% of conversations that are happening where there's a struggle in, in, in a marriage relationship, I, I can almost guarantee you that somebody's expectation is not being met. Um, and sometimes it comes out fast and it's clear and sometimes you may have to dig for it, but I guarantee at the root of something, somebody had an expectation. Maybe it was never spoken. Maybe it was unrealistic. I don't know. But they had an expectation mm-hmm. It wasn't getting met. And I know that, not because I'm so smart, but because James the brother of Jesus who wrote the book of James, he's so smart. And he said, um, what causes quarrels and fights among you? He says, isn't it your desires at war within you? Isn't it your expectations at war within you? What you want? Yes, James, it is. Um, That's what an expectation is. something that you want, something that you're expecting. Um, That's what a desire is. Um, And so I can almost... Pinpoint it. So he's expecting to get. Everybody's got expectations, whether they realize it or not, whether they're thinking, whether they're spoken, unspoken, whatever. Um, so he's expecting. But what he's what he is not expecting is what it's about to happen, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's I think that's that's just pretty awesome that he's about to. If you can trust Jesus with your expectations, I I guarantee you're going to live with less stress. Less worry, less anxiety, less fear, less doubt, less bitterness. You're going. You're, if you will trust Jesus with it's your emotions, it's
0: hard. Um,
1: you're gonna live with 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 less than that. Like it, it doesn't matter what it is. Like I, I know it will be, um, because all those things are things that that God pushes out of our lives, that God overcomes in our lives, um, and so if we're trusting Him with it, first and foremost. Whatever it might be, we're gonna live with less of it.
0: Can we live with the expectation that God's gonna like blow our mind, though? I, I mean, think so, I, absolutely. Feel I like think if you ask I, for more, I
1: think you can't figure out how He's gonna blow your mind because it's He's gonna do more. What you just quoted yeah. just a minute ago, than you can imagine, than you can think. Yeah. Well, that means. I can't think or imagine what God will do. Uh-huh. <laughs> like no, I, I like can come that. up with something, but it, it's going to be beyond whatever I can think or imagine.
0: Well, and in this case, so like Peter says, I don't have money. He asks for money, right? Uh-huh. And he says, I don't have money, and then he he performs a miracle, right? Yeah, there, Yeah, but right? what I do
1: have, I'll give. I'll, I'll, I'll give you freely in the name of Jesus Christ. of Nazareth, get up and walk. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, I, one of the things that I think is powerful about this, and I've. Um, I don't know, for, for some reason, this has always stood out to me as long as I can remember, um, especially in Acts, because Peter's doing stuff in Acts that you see Jesus do in the Gospels, that he has seen Jesus do, that he's been there present, right? I mean, this guy has been lame from birth, and Peter tells the man, get up and walk in the name of Jesus, and the miracle happens. Mm-hmm. Who did that? Jesus did that. Jesus made people who were lame from birth walk.
0: I feel like i spend so much time with paul that i don't know like peter's characteristics like i do paul like i can kind of tell you about paul you know what i mean but i'm like is that is that uncharacteristic of him like what kind of person does it take to perform the same kinds of miracles that jesus did Mm -hmm. obviously the holy spirit had everything to do with it i understand that but like is this out of um you know was he confident was he like I mean I know he's kind of ballsy because I feel like you yeah. said that before, yeah, but I mean he's doing the same stuff that like Jesus did it's just, it's kind of mind blowing
1: well and I think that's one of Luke's points you know Luke who writes the 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 Gospel of Luke and acts you know acts is the next part of Luke if you will part two uh in the series um I think that he's he's showing us that like he is showing us hey here's where all the disciples were after the the crucifixion uh-huh um Here's where they were after the resurrection. Here's where they are when, when Jesus sends his promise, which was the Holy Spirit. Because that's what Jesus told them. You wait. I'm Don't do what I'm sending helper. you out to do until I send the Spirit. Okay. Um, and you're going to wait for the Spirit to come. When I send the Spirit, now you go. Now you go and do. So the Spirit comes, and this is the first miracle after the Holy Spirit. So now he's going and doing. And, and it doesn't stop here. You know, Jesus or Peter raises a little girl from the dead. Yeah. Where has he? He goes into the room, um, and it's is this like
0: Jairus's daughter.
1: Uh, is this no, else? Jairus's daughter is as uh, uh, Jesus heals. Oh yeah, um, that was
0: Jesus. Okay, Excuse yeah,
1: me. Jairus is in G- Jesus's story, but um, yeah, this the little girl that he raises from the dead is almost like a mirror of what what Jesus did, and who was in the room with Jesus when he raised the little girl from the dead? Well, it was her parents, and it was Peter and John. Yes. Okay. And so he's okay. he's going around and he's doing what Jesus like will do. training him. But you know, I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, um, Peter walking on the water, like that was part of. Like we don't get this, all right? We, we're Gentiles, and we don't have to get this. We don't need to get this. But like from the Jewish perspective, especially ancient Jewish culture, um, to follow a rabbi wasn't just that you would grow up knowing all your all the stuff the rabbi knows, right? It's not just trying to learn. And understand everything that the 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 rabbi has in his brain. they want to be like the rabbi um, you know walk like' them, talk like' them. you know they're 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 trying to be them you know, that he's an example the rabbi's an example so um, so I heard someone make the point, and I just thought it was brilliant one time when when um, Peter sees Jesus walking on the water and says, "Well Lord, if it's you." tell me to come out to you on the water why would he even make that request why would he why would he say such a thing like what in peter's mind made him think he could walk out to jesus on the water
0: but is he kind of is he saying only because of you i can do this
1: well if you can do it i can do it Mm. if you're walking on the water and i'm your disciple and being like you if you tell me i can i can do it so lord if that's you if it's really you 'Cause I belong to you, I follow you. If it's really you, then tell me to come out to you on the water. And that's a beautiful image of a disciple, right? Mm-hmm. It's not someone who um, who sits by to only know, to only understand. No, it's it's putting it into action. That putting is into amazing. Practice. And so, when you
0: say it like you just said it, that is it changes things.
1: Yeah. Well, cool. And and that's what you see in Acts, right? Like mm-hmm. that's so I think you get a glimpse of it in the gospels with, with Peter. And Peter gets to see some things that not even all the other disciples get to see. But then you get to Acts and Luke now, uh, the physician, uh, one of those first followers of Jesus as well. He's writing the story. He's telling the story. And he says, this is, you know, he's a companion of Paul, Luke is. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about what Peter um, has done. And, you know, keep reading Acts. Because if you keep reading Acts, then you will see Peter struggle. Because, um, man, he, he has the spirit of God in him. Um, And he's doing these Jesus-like things, and he's unbelievably bold now when he was once scared and denying even knowing Jesus. Mm -hmm. So you see the difference that the resurrection has made, that the Holy Spirit has made in his life, but then you see him struggle. You know, you see Peter going, no, I can't can't eat that. Lord, nothing unclean has ever touched Mm -hmm. my lips. And then Jesus has to say, if I made it, it's not unclean. Get up, eat, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Go to Paul. I I don't need to go to Paul. Paul, That guy, he's a murderer. He's not one of us. Go to him. Um... Mm -hmm. I mean, you just see these remarkable things happening in Peter's life, but at the same time, you, you see him human. He's I not perfect. He struggles, and
0: it's my favorite part. You know it is. You know? All right. So Paul's like, "Why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by Peter our power?" Company. Oh, did I say Paul? Sorry. Okay. Um, we made. Why do you think that we made this man walk? Like yeah. I just He's like, "You idiots."
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and again, he's leveraging um, in this moment. Jesus, mm-hmm. um, oh, I didn't do this. Jesus, whom I think, if you keep reading, I think it says something along the lines of the one you crucified, or yeah, um, you
0: disowned the holy and righteous
1: one <laughs> of God, yeah,
0: and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead.
1: Yeah, so he is leveraging the resurrection in that moment. That remember is very fresh on their minds.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: we're talking. We're talking. Forty something days, maybe 43, 45, 50 days, maybe at the max at this point. Yeah, so I he's mean, like living on a spiritual less than two high. months. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So people, it's this is fresh. This is and it's it's fresh to everybody in Jerusalem. I mean, everybody knows they killed Jesus. Uh, whether they believe he was a son of God or not, well, that's you know, people will people start becoming adding or people start joining their ranks. You know, right. people are being added to their number daily after Pentecost. Um, you will hear something cool about Pentecost? Yes, I didn't even know this. I learned this um, last week on Saturday. Tell me. Um, so, Pentecost, the festival of Pentecost, coincides with the wheat festival. Oh. Which I just thought was freaking awesome. Like, so, the
0: wheat is in like separating the wheat from the.
1: No, like the harvest, the actual harvest. Oh. So, I mean, yeah, I guess that's technically happened or already happened. But it co- so, Pentecost, um, the festival of Pentecost, coincides with um, the wheat harvest, the wheat festival. Um, and what does Jesus say about wheat? Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Mm. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Um, and, I mean, Jesus is, he's talking about what's about to happen with him. Yes, He's about to go to the cross. Yes, and He's about to die. Um, and so you've got that whole process. And so, you know, thinking about it from an agricultural perspective, you, you plant, there's a season for planting, mm-hmm. then it grows, then there's a season for harvesting mm-hmm. after it goes all the way through it. But it died, went in the ground, Came goes through that. the season, springs up, um, gets to the time of harvest, and that one little kernel of wheat has turned into hundreds or thousands of whatever. Yeah. So cool. And ultimately, yeah, bushels and bushels and bushels of wheat. Um, and... Yeah. Um, and Jesus sends it at Pentecost. Mm. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost or at the festival of Pentecost. Um, and so God is the in the burial. details. I you've mean, you've got the resurrection. Now you've got the harvest. It's
0: it's unbelievable. And so
1: the harvest yeah. of the wheat harvest is when you know and on that day five thousand were added to their number. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I, I learned I didn't know that the Pentecost um, and the wheat harvest coincided. Very but now cool. knowing that and thinking about what Jesus said about himself. Using wheat as an illustration, yeah. it just oh, makes that's sense now
0: no, awesome. no yeah. I know I mean, like I said, when, when I hear stuff like that, it's like there are no coincidences, like everything has been written thousands and thousands and millions of years ago. I mean it's so cool, yeah
1: Maybe not millions. and not only are they um an agrarian society because they are an agrarian society, so you know on one hand you're like well yeah he's using he's using stuff that they would have known, absolutely, but dang, now look how it connected to even Pentecost mm-hmm. like it was beyond just here, um, let me let me let me illustrate something with something you're familiar with. I, I, there was certainly part of that, right? Because they, they would have been familiar with it. But what we wouldn't, as Gentiles, no, is far so removed. Cool. We'd have no idea that it was that Pentecost coincided with wheat harvest.
0: No, that is really cool. Well, Shane's message um, about Acts. Three is happening on Sunday, and mm-hmm. there's mu- there's much more. We didn't have time to get into the rest of it, but basically, what was it? What are you hanging on to? Shoot, I'm going to ruin your I said, title.
1: No, no. I, th- I said it matters what you hang on to. Okay. It matters I almost what you got hang it. On to. it
0: matters what you hang on to. Yeah. All right. You guys can join us at um, 830 and 1030. If yep. not, you can watch it on YouTube. Yep. Okay. Thanks for listening. Send right, it thanks, to your guys. Friends.